this is very spur of the moment. I literally had, I had no, I was like, oh shit, I gotta record. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no topic. I have no guests. I was like, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I was like, I threw a Hail Mary and thank you for catching it. Oh, for sure. Or I, 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 I launched a head, I launched a cross and you headed that shit into the goal. So yes, there you a, go. more, a more apt metaphor. to do the uh, introduction. Hold on one second. Let me take a sip of Red Bull. And I spilled it on myself. <laughs> nice. I have a drinking problem. What can I say? <laughs> Shout out to Airplane. Alright, 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 alright. Hello world. Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. It is Saturday afternoon and I am extremely tired and slightly hungover. Um... I went out last night. It was a lot of fun. Um, more on that later. But today I'm joined by my hetero life mate, uh, Benjamin Alexander Casson. How are you doing today, man? I am great, I think. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> how's, uh, first things first, how's Amy? She's good. She, uh, it was her 18 month, uh, yesterday, actually. Oh, nice. Is that a, is that a, is that a big deal? I don't, I don't know. I think, I mean, it's, it's a round number, so, you, you know, that all sounds nice. Sure. And, uh, she's adorable as ever. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing her when I come in for Thanksgiving in about a little, like, five weeks from now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. Anyway, well, before I get started, before we get started, let me just say off the top, Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein, and everything you stand for and everything you've done. Go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's a fair thing to say. My God, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> I'm like, huh, dude? Women, look, I don't know how you feel about the matter, but women, well, I'm so happy to be a guy because women have to put up with. So much more shit than we do. This being part of it, like for decades and generations, like sexual assault was just kind of like a part of the game, and it's like, yeah, holy fuck, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. And then you hear those those like men's rights activist people that are like, "Hey, women can sexually assault men in the workplace too." And it's like, "Yeah, you're not wrong, and that's also a problem." But the difference is that's not like ingrained into society. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that's the outlier. But like I thought about this. I was like, a woman can get raped walking across, like walking to her car. Like, she could get assaulted. It's it's so commonplace. They have a fucking TV show based off of this shit. Law and Order SVU. Like, mm-hmm. like it's so common that they have all their own, like, kind of special police unit. You know what I'm saying? And, like, <laughs> yeah. And, and a guy, as far as guys go, the only, the only common way that in the in pop culture that we get assaulted like that is if we go to prison. Like, that's it. Yeah. 
it's it's like fuck, bro, fuck. Yeah, and then there's also, I mean, there's there's that whole like stigma where you've got like the uh, like if a if a young a young boy's in school yeah. and his teacher takes advantage of him, yeah, and then like all of the guys are like, oh. That's not fair, man. My teacher never did that to me. I totally would have fucked my teacher if she'd come on to me like that. You know what I mean? It's like applauded when the, when the, when the, something like that happens to to a boy, but then for a girl, it's like yeah. I don't know. It's just such a weird dichotomy the way that sexual <laughs> assault plays out for the different genders. It's like it's a patriarchy or something. <laughs> <laughs> You might, yeah, you know, has anybody said that before? Uh, you know, let, let's get on the record that we were the first to come up with that, and let's hope it catches on, man. We need to spread awareness. Yeah, for real. <laughs> anyway, speaking of, uh, well, I'm gonna do my best to tr- do a, uh, <laughs> a transition here, but, uh, <laughs> so, now that we've gotten that out the way, um... The big thing that uh, one of the things I want to talk about before we get to the main topic is the U.S. men's national team failed to qualify because they couldn't fucking draw with Trinidad for the right. for the World Cup. This is though they missed the past two Olympics. They did make last World Cup in uh, 2014, right? Yeah, uh, that was 2014. Yeah, they've they've they made the World Cup since uh, since the 80s. Yeah, and it's like their coach, the coach resigned. It's uh, I'm not I'm I'm upset about it, but I don't think I was nearly upset about it as you were. So would you care to break it down for everybody? What? How okay. did we get here? How did we get here? Okay, so um, part of the part of the problem is uh, where to start. <laughs> so. so so part of the problem really is the um, the approach that Americans take to sports in general and specifically to soccer. Yeah. You can kind of see the way that we view things like that from the fact that there was a huge, like when we qualified because we couldn't at least draw with Trinidad and Tobago the other day. One of the reasons that we didn't qualify is because Panama won their game. Yeah. Against Costa Rica. And then and then there was all of this like rush to say, oh, that goal that one of the goals that Panama scored didn't cross the plane of the goal. It wasn't a goal even though it was ruled one by the referee. So they should overturn that and then we can go. We didn't beat Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. And it wasn't it regardless it wasn't on it was on neutral ground. It was in Mexico because Trinidad and Tobago's soccer field was underwater. Yeah. Um, so they didn't have home field advantage. We didn't have home field advantage. It was a neutral spot yeah. for a game that objectively we should have blown them out of the water. We didn't deserve. Oh, from what I've seen of the game, we didn't deserve to win. Absolutely not. But you have all of these Americans saying, no, look, we should be able to get in because of this technicality right here. That wouldn't be good enough, you know? We <laughs> we didn't qualify because we obviously didn't deserve to qualify. Yeah. And it's an issue that people in the, in the U.S. say, no, we should be there because, you know, we, you know, just because we're the U.S., we should be there. That's a problem. Yeah. That's not how that works. And I don't know if you've watched Taylor Twelman's rants oh, on that ESPN was at all. Oh, that was fucking magical. They're, 
glorious. And he's right. A lot of, like, everything that he says is right. You know, it's not just a problem with Bruce Arena. Because yeah. he came in, and there were only, what, four qualifiers left? Yeah. To play? Yeah. You know, we were in a shitty position already. And you can put some of that blame on Jurgen Klinsmann. You can, you know, you can do that if you want. But it's more than that. It's U.S. soccer in general has a big role to play with that because we're not approaching the game right. Like, and this is something that he says when that would be in, uh, Taylor Twombly, right? Yes. Okay, cool. When, when Germany decided that they wanted to put stuff together so that they could be an international powerhouse yeah. in the early two thousands, Bundesliga, their domestic league, uh, day at Bay, their football association and, uh, the Mannschaft, the, the team, mm-hmm. And, and, and all of Germany, basically everybody that's involved with soccer in the country. Mm-hmm. They had one giant meeting and they said, hey, we want to develop domestic players because we want our country to win titles. Yeah. And they did that. And it took time and it took investment. Yeah. But look at them now. They won the World Cup in 14. They, they, they bowed out in the, uh, in the semis in Euro, but with a... <laughs> did you watch any of the Confederations Cup? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> so, with a team of, like, rookies, basically, they won the Confederations Cup against the senior teams of Portugal yeah. and Chile yeah. and basically the best teams out of all of the different soccer conferences in the world. Yeah. And they did that with their... B or C squad, maybe, depending on how you want to look at things. So this summer ain't no joke for Germany, and it's going to be great, and I hope they win again because that would be excellent. And it's but, just it's just sad because, like, uh, when, if I recall uh, Mr. Twombly's uh, rant, justified rant, he was talking about all the money that we <clears> invest <throat> in women – and I'm sorry, U.S. men's so- – and our, and our men's soccer team – and it reminded me of, like, a few years ago, I think when the women won the World Cup, our women's team is so good. Like, we are so fucking good. Our women's team, yeah. it's, we have arguably the best. Germany, Brazil, uh-huh. Canada, they, they might, and Japan, they might have something to say about that. But I, I bias aside, I, I think it's objective, ob- objectively, we have one of the best teams in women's soccer. And yeah. I recall they were, they were, they were like bringing it up that like, hey, men, the men's national team, they make like hundreds of thousands of dollars per game and women make about a fourth of that. The women's yeah. team. And it's like the only way you make money in women's soccer is through endorsements. And it's like or with a club. But I mean, even the club doesn't make that much money. It's like right. how and I know as far as men's soccer go and men's international soccer go and women's international soccer, uh, the women's, it's not as big a deal, but it is a big deal. And it's like, how, how, how does this happen? Like we, how are we so good at women's soccer? How is the rest of the world so good at men's soccer? We have just as athletic players. Like we have just as athletic talent. We have, we, we, we're a huge fucking country. We got 300 and something million people. We can't field. A team out of that many people that can right, yeah. That's one of the that's one of the things that Twelman was talking about. Iceland qualified in UEFA 
And that is fucking hard to do. And they have a population of 340,000 people, I think. Yeah. We have literally a thousand times more people than they do in our country. And we can't find 18 players. We can't find 18. (laughs) Well, it does. It it is because... uh, I, I don't think this is too controversial, but it's mainly because all of our premier athletes either go into American football... Uh, basketball, baseball, all the major American sports. And it's like, it's, it hasn't, I still believe that in like two decades, maybe like, maybe like one and a half, I don't know. Soccer is on the rise. It's going to like become number two, in my opinion. I think American football is slowly but surely going to start declining because they've peaked. I don't think it's going to go any further. I could be wrong. I, I dream of a day the United States holds up a World Cup trophy in men's soccer. That's that'll be God. That's gonna be glorious. That's gonna. I might I think, cry. Yeah, and I think it's possible. And I think it's possible in not a terribly long time. Yeah, you know, like probably, obviously not this one because we're not fucking going. Yeah, um, not the ne- if we if we start doing the, the the kind of things that need to happen to build up a strong national presence. Yeah. It won't be. So not this summer. It won't be four years from now. It might not be eight years from now, but twelve years from now, if we've put the time and investment in yeah. to 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 do what needs to be done to like to make sure that that our MLS teams have development centers, yeah, and and things like that, then yeah, for sure we we have that possibility in like a little over a decade to if we don't win a trophy to get to the semis or the finals, which is a huge, a huge deal. Yeah. You know, but, but, but we'll just have to see, but, but yeah, that's, that's a huge issue that like the lack of development centers in the country is a huge issue. And that's why you have people like Christian Pulisic who plays for Dortmund because they have a development center and he went to their academy and, now he's effectively the future of American soccer, which is great because he's excellent. That's that. Eight, and, that's and, that eighteen-year-old, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's great. And and it's a really big disappointment for him that the first time he has a chance to play in the World Cup, he gets let down by his federation. Yeah, you know. But but we'll see. But but yeah. And then there's there's the whole issue of so the soccer season. For so a lot of a lot of professional athletes, right? They go to college, and that's where they get picked up. Yeah. Like you draft your NFL from college, yeah. Football players, right? Correct. Uh, same same thing with baseball. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Baseball is all kind of confusing because they kind of draft them. Baseball, they draft their players while the player is playing, and the player has the like they don't even declare for the draft. Like they just MLB's like we want you. And they're like, I'm gonna keep playing college for a couple of years. Talk to you in a couple of years. It's it's all screwy. It's all fucking stupid. Yeah. And then they have to go well, and play in the minors for a little bit. It's so dumb. That is weird and yeah. dumb. But anyway, so the point is for soccer, the soccer, the college soccer season yeah. in the U.S. is like two months, yeah, maybe three months. As opposed to when you play with a professional team, your season is like nine months. Yeah. You know, you don't have the, the practice, the time, the game time yeah. that you get. Like when you play baseball in college or you play football in college, 
you the way that you play those sports is I mean it's a different competition level mm-hmm. but it's the same as playing in the professional version of those sports more or less yeah so especially at the bigger programs like uh, Alabama or like a Florida uh-huh. or like a USC or Notre Dame or something like that yeah mm-hmm. so I so think, yeah yes yeah. A lot of things need to be done. <laughs> I think I think that will, if that ever happens. Let's say you say like in in twenty thirty, right? Say we we go far in the World Cup in twenty thirty. I think if we were, I think the U.S. winning the World Cup would be like a historical a historic moment in soccer mm-hmm. in U.S. soccer. Like obviously, but I think that. I would like to believe that would be a turning point. Like that would be like, okay, we can do this and we should keep doing this. So I, I hope, I hope and I pray, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm not going to lie. I, I love football, but if it wasn't for the saints, I probably wouldn't give a shit about the NFL. Like I'm serious. And if it wasn't for LSU and Notre Dame, I probably wouldn't give a shit about college either. I'm like, eh, it's whatever. Yeah. And LSU makes it hard to give a shit about college. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Troy. Anyway. So, we're going to transition from misery to something we both are excited about. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the main topic. But we're, we're getting there, folks. We're getting there. Bear with us. Bear with us. We haven't... Me and Ben haven't chatted. God, we haven't chatted in a while, huh? It has been a minute. Yeah. The new Star Wars trailer. Oh, yes. How do you feel about it? Did you? Were you, did, you did it knock your socks off or not? Nah? Um, there were definitely some, some, not, there were some knocky socks off moments in there. Um, the, the, and the Finn Captain Phasma fight looks so fucking dope, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of those like large scale battles yeah. look like they're going to be really cool. Like those, those new order ad ads and, uh, uh, some space battles. I, I love a good dog fight. I was, uh, I was watching, <laughs> I was watching. Uh, Kevin Smith, uh, he did a video on the, uh, <laughs> on the trailer. My favorite part was that he was like, look at these lazy adats. They're like, they're like just crawling. And I'm, and he's like, you know what? We're going to call them fat ads. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it looks so good. I'm so excited. I'm honestly the most thing, I, the thing I'm most excited about is Mark Hamill. Like, He's either going to be the greatest thing ever or it's going to be very, very bad. Like, I. Mark Hamill is a very talented actor. He hasn't really, in my opinion, from, from following his career, besides the Joker, which was animated and it was a voiceover, uh, he's never really, besides Star Wars, he was never, as, as far as major. I know he's big on Broadway and I know he does a lot of plays and stuff, and he's a very talented actor, apparently. I don't think he was ever given, like, besides Star Wars, a very a big stage on film to display his talent. Like, I really think yeah. I think he will. I hope that he will not. He will blow people away with how actually talented he is. Like, I mean, if you watch the original Star Wars, besides Empire, he's not really like he's not. It's not really that like eh, he's he's all right. He's not the worst. Like he's all right. He's not fucking Hayden Christensen, right? And uh, <laughs> uh, but I don't think he was ever he was he never got. I don't feel he's ever gotten a fair chance to display his actual talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, especially because like the 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 movie that was, I guess you could say most about him yeah. was was A New Hope, yeah. right? Um, and it was directed by George Lucas, who doesn't really understand that actors have a purpose. He doesn't give. A, I always said <laughs> he doesn't. This is a dated reference, but bear with me. He doesn't. He feels about actors the way Les Miles felt about quarterbacks. He's like, I guess we have uh-huh. to have one. Right. <laughs> He's just like, I, I don't care about that. We're just fucking, <laughs> just fucking. Let's let's insert some more digital animals in the background. Fuck. Mm-hmm. But uh. How did you feel about the Porgs? Are you excited about the Porgs? The what? The little... Oh, wait, are you talking about that little bird fucker? <laughs> okay, I guess that that's your opinion right there. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. And, and I mean, we've, we've had this conversation before when other, like, Star Wars, like when Force Awakens came out and stuff like that. Like, I don't want... I want to know as little as possible when I go into the theater. Oh no, man! Like, I, want... cause I know because when we were when we when we were getting ready for Force Awakens, you were like reading up on all the theories and everything, yeah. and like spoiler alerts and all this stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm good. You you can know those things. I'm I want to know nothing when I go into this theater. Listen, so Ryan Johnson could walk into my apartment, hand me a script. And I would read that shit three or four times in like two hours, and I would still be excited about this movie. I don't care. Star Wars is the exception, though. I don't like to know spoilers about anything else. But Star Wars, I guarantee you, no matter, I I I, I want to know what happens. Like I'm like I'm so excited. There's no way you could spoil it for me. I, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Star Wars and the Saints are the closest thing I have to a religion. Like that's <laughs> I. I'm so excited about it. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. To me. I don't care. I'll, I'll I'll read anything. Um, I I was reading spoilers in the Force Awakens, like you said, like months in advance. Still loved it. Still love it. Still think it's great. I think people criticize it. It has it, it, it's it's not perfect, but I think it's unfairly criticized. Like I think people like rag on it, and I'm like, you're just being a contrarian. Shut the fuck up. That movie was great. What the fuck did you expect? I'm like, what? People are like, oh, it's just like all the other Star Wars films. I'm like, yeah, it's a Star Wars film. That's the fucking point. Like, what are you, what are you complaining about? I'm like, uh, you could, it's like, oh, this, this filet mignon tastes like filet mignon. It's like, well, yeah, that's the fucking point. What the hell are you complaining about? It just, it just drives me crazy, but I'm really excited about it. Did you get your tickets or not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking right. Um, are you seeing an IMAX 3D or are you going regular? Um, I'm seeing it in normal 3D. Oh, okay. Um, I, I have a friend, uh, who, who just moved back to town from, um, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and he's a huge Star Wars fan also. And, uh, I thought I was going to be able to see, um, Rogue One with him because he was like visiting town yeah. when that movie was coming out. Uh, but that, those plans fell through, and so I was like, "Well, you live here now, so we can go and see this movie together." And mm-hmm. he was like, "That sounds great," and he wanted to see it in 3D. And I was like, "All right, whatever, that's fine." Fucking right. Um, but I saw that the IMAX theater here in town has IMAX 2D. Oh shit! Are you serious? Um, yeah. And so I definitely want to check that out. That's that would be awesome. I'm I think I'm seeing an IMAX 3D, but if it turns out to be 2D, even better. Mm-hmm. Uh. Did you, uh, have you seen Blade Runner yet? The new Blade Runner yet? 
No, but my dad and I are we're talking about going uh, on Monday. Dude, dude. All right, listen here. It was so fucking good. Like, I'm a fan of the original. Uh, for, for the record, by the way, uh, I, a lot of people have asked me, since I am a fan of the original Blade Runner, do not watch the theatrical cut. Do not watch the director's cut. The, the <laughs> definitive version of Blade Runner, for everyone listening who, who's unaware, is the final cut. It came out in 2007. That is the definitive cut. Don't bullshit around with those other versions. Just watch the final cut. Fuck that Harrison Ford voiceover narration bullshit. Just watch the final cut. That just for the record. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's the version I have. The yeah. final cut. Uh, it's so good. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, I don't know what you know, what you've heard, or anything like that. But it is my only. For two things, get your bathroom breaks out before <laughs> this movie starts because it's two hours and forty minutes. I'm not shitting yeah. you on that one. Um, and my only complaint. It's not even a complaint. It was just like. Jared Leto is so disposable in that movie. I'm like, why were you even in this? Like, what? Like, you're you're barely in this. Like, you serve... N- like, he's he's kind of the bad guy, but it's like, at the same time, it's like, you, you don't do anything. Like, you're not like... It's kind of like... I hate to... Look, he's a great actor. He's an Academy Award winning actor. But it's very much like... Not in the same, like, style of acting, but it's just like the Joker in Suicide Squad. You probably yeah, could have cut him out. To say that. It's just, I'm like, that was so unnecessary. Like, what? why did, why were you in this? Like, what, you could have cast pretty much anyone in that role. It's like, what do you, why, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it was, speaking of the length of the movie, it was, it was funny. We were talking about going on Thursday. Yeah. And then I was looking at times because I get I, I like I was I was done at around three o'clock. Yeah. And my dad had something to do at like seven. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at times, and then I was like, "Oh, this looks good." And then I looked at the length, and I was like, "It's fucking three hours long." Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. <sighs> it is. It's. But I'll tell you this: I never felt bored. But I think it's because I'm a fan, and I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. Like, mm-hmm. I was so invested in it that I'm like, I don't give a shit. But yeah, and as the box office receipts have kind of reflected, um, it hasn't. It, it was projected on its opening weekend to make uh, fifty million. It made like thirty six. Uh, uh-huh. But I don't know why. It's like the first Blade Runner was a box office bomb. Like nobody, nobody. It's not. It's like, if I may, like when they. There's not a lot of fans of Blade Runner. Like there's there, there are fans, but there's not a lot. Like I don't know. What you were trying, there was only two ways that could, this could go down: make something that's faithful to the to the to the original, which this is, uh, an alien. And not a lot of people will buy into it, or go the J.J. Abrams Star Trek route and make a Star Trek film that's not a Star Trek film, and then you'll make money. It's like either way, someone's getting disappointed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's it's so, but it's really good. I loved it. I. I I'll, I can't wait till you see it because I have some questions I want your opinion on because uh-huh. there are there there's 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 some weird things in that movie I'm not gonna lie um, is it is it open ended in the way that it's like is is he a replicant or not at the end of uh... they they address it but I'm not gonna spoil anything they address it mm-hmm. but they don't they they still kind of leave it ambiguous but okay. But they do address it, and they make a point about it. Like, there's Harrison Ford makes a point about it. Like, 
or Deckard makes a point about it, and it's a really good point. It's a really good point. And Ryan Gosling's really good in it. Um, Harrison Ford, he's really good in it. Jared Leto's disposable. The chick who plays uh like the like the the main bad like the 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 she's kind he she's kind of like Jared Leto's little bodyguard like like a. Uh, but uh, she's she's the, she's the main she's like the one that like gets shit done as far as bad guys go or bad gotcha. ladies or whatever. Uh, she's really good in it. her name's Love. Uh, she's really good in it. Robin Wright Penn's really good in it. And then uh, Ryan Gosling's uh, main squeeze in that film. Uh, Anna de Anna Anna de Armas. She's Cuban. My God, she is. She is lovely. I'm not gonna lie, man. She is. I'm like, golly, she is fucking gorgeous. I could just look at yes, her. She's she's just she's just nice looking like she's just yeah. fucking gorgeous and she's Cuban and she's like, who, buddy? I was just gonna ask you if Dave Bautista is any good in it. He's in it, but he's barely in it. Like it's like oh. mm, you could have used more Bautista. Okay, because like because uh, he keeps popping up in the trailer, and I'm like, this is weird. He's really good in it. I'm really impressed. Like, I mean, I didn't watch him when he was wrestling. But if you had told me that dude was going to be a good actor, I'm like, holy shit. Go fucking hey, man. Same thing happened with The Rock, though. For realsies. Uh, Mitch, speaking of Harrison Ford, I'm going to tell you, watching him in Blade Runner 2049, it just confirmed what I already knew. An Indy 5 is such a terrible idea. Like, <laughs> like you see him run in Blade Runner. Well, you kind of see him run. Like, they, I, I've noticed that they kind of edited out or cut out, like, him, like, sprinting. Like, it's barely in it. No. Dude, no. Please do not do this. You're, you're gonna be 70. Or you're gonna be 80, close to 80 by the time Indiana Jones 5 comes out. No. Just, just no, dude. Just don't, please don't do this, Spielberg. Please don't do this, Kathleen Kennedy. This, this will be terrible. This will be terrible. Yeah. He is too fucking old. It's just, oh, buddy, it's it's bad, dude. But uh, he was really good in it. He actually, like, I would say he was better than this than he was in Force Awakens, honestly, because he actually has some emotional, like, besides like Harris, besides Han's death, which was very, very moving and very, very like. I had a moment where I was like, I knew it was coming, and I still got fucked up about it. Like I was like, fuck. It's still, I dread, like, when I watch Force Awakens, I dread that moment. I'm like, oh, shit, here it comes. And I really hope Chewbacca strangles the fuck out of Kylo Ren. Yeah, it's not even, it's not even Harrison Ford's, like, death. It's Chewbacca's, it's his, it's his roar afterwards. That's uh -huh. what gets me. That, that shit yeah. stings like a motherfucker. Hey, man, and it was, it was way better than Vader screaming at the end yeah. of that's the end of Revenge of the Sith. No! <laughs> but uh, Indiana Jones 5 is a terrible idea. He's way too old. But he was really good in Blade Runner 2049 because he actually has... Uh, there's a scene that involves Rachel. If anyone's unaware, Rachel was the replicant that he kind of falls in love with in the first Blade Runner. There's a scene... That involves Rachel. I don't want to go any more details on that. And it's very, very, it's very moving. Like, I'm sh I'm like, holy shit, Harrison Ford can still act. Like, he's he's kind of known for his, like, grumbles and, like, like his... He's, he's not really known for his, like, range. He's kind of known for shouting at things. 
and telling people to get off his plane. <laughs> yeah. But as far as like emotional things, he's not really known for that kind of stuff. But he's he he has some moments in this where I'm like, okay, Harrison Ford, you actually can act. I'm like I'm like okay, I fu- I can fuck with this. Um, but uh, all right, I guess 34 minutes in, we'll we'll get to the main topic now. <laughs> Yeah, man. We uh, so a little back, a little back story. Me and Ben, Ben or Ben and I, sorry for you grammar nerds out there. Um, we are both huge '80s music fans. Like we used to. There's a spot in Baton Rouge, uh, that we used to frequent. I don't think it does it anymore. Um, Spanish Boon that would play '80s music on Thursday nights, and we used to go to that. We used to go to that a lot. We kind of stopped. And then we would go every now and then, but we was, oh, those are some good times, man. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, there's a spot in Austin. I was just there last night on Friday nights uh, that plays '80s music, and it's the bomb. Uh, I have so much fun every time I go. I actually dance. I actually go. I, I go solo. Like I, I don't. I don't go with anybody. I go by myself, right? And uh, I kind of just dance. Like on. I could imagine like someone seeing me like on a dance floor. At like, you know, 10 o'clock at night on a Friday night, like dancing. There's some people there, but dancing by myself. And I would imagine people are like, what, what the fuck is this dude doing? Like, I, be, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, I admit it looks rather unusual, but I'm having a good time. So fucking awesome. Anyway, 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 anyway. Oh, and, uh, shout out to, uh, Grace Chambers. Um, I got to give her eternal love because, Speaking of 80s night at Spanish Moon, I remember my 21st birthday, you and I went to Spanish Moon, and I invited, like, a bunch of people to come out, and no one really came out, except Grace. That was a lot of fun, and I owe her, I'll just give her some love, because I asked a bunch of people, and not a lot of people could come out besides you, and she definitely was like, I'm there, I'm there, and that was, that was a great night, man, that was a fun fucking night. But, so, we're both big 80s music fans. What is it about 80s music for you? What do you, what do you think that that you, draws your love, I guess? So, for me, it's like, first, let me say this. I really, I'm not into the EDM scene yeah. at all. But I am super into, like, the use of electronics in music. Fuck yeah. Just, like, I don't give a shit about dubstep. But... <laughs> The 80s was like, like you had like those analog synthesizers in like the 60s and 70s when you had those prog rock guys playing them like, uh, like Yes and uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. ELO, right? uh, Ish. Okay. But in the 80s, that's when like digital synthesizers really started to take off. Yeah. And so it's just those like retro like lo-fi electronic synthesizers I, I just i love them and they feature super prominently in 80s music yeah it i think that's what i like most yeah i would agree uh, although not all 80s music obviously not all 80s music has digital electronic music in it but a lot does it was it was the kind of norm back then and both of us are 90s kids so we never grew up in the 80s but we still love it i love it because I love to dance. Anyone who knows me knows that I love to dance. And <laughs> 80s music, I feel like, I think every decade has its has like something to offer as far as music goes. But I feel like 80s music was like this 
like this era of like let's dance all fucking night, bro. Let's like I like it just it just it sounds so fu- it's just fun. Like it's just like fun music and I have a theory about that. Like I felt like <laughs> I feel like 80s music, like dance, 80s dance music was created because everybody was on cocaine and they needed to work that energy off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but it's, I got to totally agree with you on the the digital and electronic sense and stuff like that. I totally agree. Like the 90s, they, I mean, they had dance music, but it was like kind of club music and like house music, which I love house music, but uh, like Daft Punk and all that shit. But I feel in the, Early 2000s. Uh, let's not talk about that techno rave bullshit. And uh, and these days, who the fuck knows? I don't even listen to music. Like, like I don't even listen to today's music. Like, I'm only 27. You're 26. Like, music has just passed me by, man. Like, I don't, I don't fucking... I, I don't even know what's on the radio anymore. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm tired of listening to just garbage now. I'm like, I gotta... I stick to what I know. Like I did, just buy the new Killers album because I love the Killers. Uh, Seza, I don't know how you fucking say S Z A. I don't. I think I said it right. She had a new good, a good album that came out recently. Jay Z's new album was awesome, but honestly, I I don't I don't I don't I don't give a shit about today's music. But eighties music, it's it's just fun, man. Like you just have a good time and some classics, some fucking classics. Oh, for sure. I dare I, I I like I said every decade has something to offer as far as music goes, but I I would dare to say that eighties music is probably the best decade of music. Maybe I don't know. I, I'd have to do some research on that, but like it's up there. Like it's either this. It's it's definitely a three. It's it's a battle between the sixties, seventies, and eighties. Like the nineties, meh. Two thousand the the aughts. You know the double zeros. Yeah, I know. Uh, th- no, terrible fucking music, mostly. But and today's music, who the hell knows? But the '80s, man, it's so fucking good, dude. Um, we were gonna talk about. I asked you this question a while ago. I think I asked you this last week, actually, while I was out at '80s night. Um, we both love MJ. We both love Prince, and we both love Bowie, David Bowie, R.I.P. and Prince, R.I.P. and Michael, R.I.P. I guess they're all dead. Shit, I just realized that. <laughs> Uh, but I asked around, I asked a few people this question. It was, I asked MJ versus 80s MJ, 80s Prince, and 80s Bowie, who are you taking? Like, if you had to listen to one. Uh, I, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I, I like to ask people questions I don't know the answer to. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. That's such a hard, that's such a hard question. I, I don't, who did you say? I can't remember who you said. I said Prince. Yeah. You're one of the few people who actually said Prince. I got a lot of, obviously, I got a lot of MJs. Who did I ask? I think I asked Jay. And he said, and he said, I think he said Bowie. And I'm like, okay, the one Bowie. Like, everybody else was like, I asked a lot of people, like I said, and uh, usually they all said, well, Bowie's not, no, not Bowie. But then it comes down to an MJ versus Prince debate. Yeah, and, and that's how it was for me also. But my thing with Bowie is 80s Bowie was like, Let's Dance. Modern Love. China Girl. Okay. But for me, like, quintessential Bowie for me is, like, 70s Bowie. Yeah. Like, that's the Bowie that I want to listen to. I don't know. I, or, look, I know he's, his, 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 
Bowie's career in the 80s wasn't as wouldn't like what people think of when they think of Bowie like you said like 70s obviously but I feel like the few songs that he, that were his few good songs in the 80s weren't good they were excellent like I feel like Let's Dance Modern Love uh, those are those are such great fucking songs man I love those songs uh-huh. yeah but yeah I guess it does I, I feel like he's underappreciated his 80s is underappreciated but yeah the mj versus prince debate the historic debate uh, see i don't even know who to pick between those two if you just ask me those two it's like god damn purple rain and thriller fuck you're right yeah and contrary to popular belief off the wall came out 79 so it's technically a 70s album so we're not we're not really including that but you know (laughs) um but But yeah i mean mj had some some good stuff come out in the 80s he had thriller he had uh Oh, shit. Was bad. It bad? Yeah, I think bad was late 80s, right? It was. I yeah. think it was like 87, maybe. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. But, I mean, Purple Rain, dude. Purple Rain. Like, <laughs> fuck, that's such a... Purple I, Rain is great. That, Kiss is great. <sighs> Little Red Corvette. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Uh, was 1999 80s? <laughs> I think. I'm not sure. Uh, let's go crazy? Fuck. Oh no, let's go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think I'd go M, I might give the nod to MJ because Thriller is like arguably the greatest album of all time, but it's, it's tough, man. It, it's, it's tough. It's very tough. Um, how do you feel about Madonna? I think I asked you this a while back ago too, because I think it's like, she's had a 40 year career and she has less than 10 good songs for me like i'm like i'm like i'm like why is she i get what i get it I, I get her historic significance like she was a very she was a very prominent female artist in the 80s and 90s and all that stuff and she was significant because she was very empowering to a lot of women and her music was very empowering and it she was slut shamed but she kind of embraced her sexuality you know but other than that, her music was, it's all right. Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Like, I don't get how she's so fucking popular. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I never got into Madonna. Like, yeah. I know Madonna songs, but I just never, it was just never my thing. So. I will, I'll give her that Like a Prayer is a fucking jam. That is a fucking great ass <laughs> song, man. But other than that, it's like, eh, it's, it's fine. Yeah, she's all right. Like they play a lot of her when I go out and stuff like that. And uh-huh. Lucky Star is pretty good. Um, like a Virgin, Quentin like Tarantino, great, great. Yeah. It's 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 solid, but I just don't get it. Like I don't get how she's so. Like people love Madonna. Like they love Madonna. And, maybe maybe it was the cone boots. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Vogue. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, let's, 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 uh, do you have a top 10? Do you have like some favorite 80 songs off the top? I can name some few. I can probably name some, uh, some, well, some of my favorites. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. What is, is there a song? I have a song, but is there a song that kind of is like defining song of the 80s for you? I don't know if this is my final answer, but it's for sure the one that comes straight into the top of my head. Anytime that I think about the 80s. Uh-oh. And for me, that is definitely 
Safety Dance. Oh, no. Okay. I'm not shitting on Safety Dance. I love Safety Dance. But mine is Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. Yeah. That is such a... That bass line and that... Oh, it's so... I love Safety Dance. <laughs> I dance like a fucking idiot to Safety Dance. <laughs> <laughs> but nah man for me it's the Eurythmics Sweet Dreams like it's like god damn Annie Lennox and it just makes it's just it's perfection in my opinion yeah yeah so what what other I have a list I have more than 10 but what are some of your favorites some favorites uh, I, I gotta give a nod to um, Iran by Flock of Seagulls Hot take alert, I think Space Age Love Song is better than Iran. Yeah. I think Space Age Love Song is another perfect song, but that's yeah. just my opinion. Okay. I, I have, I, I, I don't know why, but I really love Obsession by Animotion. Oh, yeah! That's great, dude. That's fucking, that's a banger too, man. You need to, I hope next time you come out here, we can go to this 80s night. No, for sure. I'll have to make sure that I'm there on a Friday. Dude, it's the fucking jam, dude. It's so fucking nice. And uh, one of mine that I love, I'll Melt With You by Modern English. That's oh, yeah, another one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's another one where I'm like, God damn it. This is such a, oh, it's such a banger, dude. It's like, fuck, this is so good. Like, the new wave, the new wave 80s music, it's just like, I think about like, uh, Just Can't Get Enough by Depeche. The Cure. Oh, man. What is the name of that song? Oh, shit. Um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Tears for Fears. Yes. Actually, I love Everybody. I love Shout. I love Everybody Wants to Rule the World. But I think Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears is my favorite Tears for Fears song. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a ballad. It's a love song, obviously. But Everybody Wants to Rule the World, that is a... Oh, that's such a fucking great song. Like, I... Uh-huh. Uh, you know what else I remember? You know what else I noticed about the 80s? You didn't have to be good looking to be a rock star in the 80s. Like, the dudes from Tears for Fears, they don't look good. Like, they're not very good looking men. And I'm like, and I'm sure they've gotten more, I'm sure they've gotten more ass than a toilet seat. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, I love, uh, like I said, Space Age love song. Great fucking song. Uh, another big one that's big for me and you, because we had a coordinated dance of this, Come On Eileen. Oh, yeah. Uh, we would do a little, little, <laughs> we'd do a little leg, we'd do a little leg dance where we'd like kick our legs up like fucking cheerleaders. It was great. Uh, that was such, that was such a good time. Who else? Take On Me. Yes. Aha. Ah, oh, it's such a great, I love that one because like, it's, how does that dude hit that note? Like, fuck, how the hell do you hit that note, man? I don't know. I heard that's like what a, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know shit about actual music, but, uh, it's like a E, like he's, 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 uh, his vocal range, he's hitting like an F or an E, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I heard that like, it's this insane high note that's like really hard to do. It's, yeah, it's pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Another one, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. I mean, everybody, obviously, it's closely tied to The Breakfast Club. Great movie. Um, I just love the, the, hey, 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 boom, boom. And, oh, it's, that's a, oh, 
Oh, goddamn. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> song. Um, I mentioned them earlier. Uh, the Cure, Just Like Heaven, Close to Me. Yeah. Uh, those, I, I, I think I like, I love Just Like Heaven, but I think Close to Me, as far as Cure songs go. I mean, they got Love Song, they got Friday I'm in Love, Pictures of You. Oh, Pictures of You. Fuck, that's a good song. How do you feel about Phil Collins? Do you like In the Air Tonight? I like that song. Yeah. And I like it regardless of the fact that it was hilarious to watch Mike Tyson air drum to it, which is <laughs> which is where I think a lot of people decided that they loved that song from. <laughs> That's my brother's ringtone because I remember we we both loved that song. I don't remember where we were going. We were driving somewhere and that song came on and we both did the tr- – we both like did the drum solo. <laughs> it was it was hilarious, man. That's that's a great song. I I really like his "Take Me Home." I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's as pop. It's obviously not as popular as "In the Air Tonight" because "In the Air Tonight" is like his probably arguably his most popular song. Um, but "Take Me Home," it's great, dude. It's really if you ever. By the way, sidebar: if you ever want to watch something fucking hilarious, so um. God, what are they? Who, who are they? I can't remember. Oh, yes, that's who it is. If you ever want to watch something hilarious, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yes, that rap group from the '90s, made famous for Crossroads. Their song Crossroads. Uh, they they sampled Phil Collins' song. Right now, picture this in your head if you can. If you can't, go watch the video. It's hilarious. Imagine Bone Thugs and Harmony, a ninety. This happened in the nineties, right? A nineties, like rap group, right? Keep that in mind. Okay. Next to old ass Phil Collins in Switzerland. <laughs> I'm not shitting you. That's that's really what happened. Like it, like you hear you have three gangster rap dudes and fucking Phil Collins. Like it is so. When my bo- my buddy Dalvin, previous guest on the pod, he he tipped me off to it because I was unaware that Bone Thugs and Harmony like used that song. But like when I watched it, I flat out almost died from laughing because it is so he's so stern and serious, and then, and then you have Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's so ridiculous. Like I'm like how who how much drugs were involved in this? That's great. Oh, we forgot. Wham. R.I.P. George Michael, man. Mm-hmm. Careless Whisper. That's sexy Careless sex. Careless Whisper. And also probably my favorite, one of my favorite Christmas songs. We talked about this on the Christmas pod last Christmas, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I felt so, and this is just shows my age at the time when I was a little kid. I felt so gay for loving <laughs> Careless Whisper. But then I realized, fuck everybody, fuck. I don't have a problem for like Careless Whisper. If you don't like Careless Whisper, you have the problem, my friend. Yeah. And wake and wake me up before you go. Uh-huh. Oh, they played um last night they played Faith by George Michael. Uh-huh. That's a that's another one. Fuck, that's a great song. That is a good song. <laughs> any other eighties songs or any George Michael songs? Any 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 in general. Um let's see. You gotta think about that one. More fun eighties songs that we haven't talked about already. Uh, uh Journey, Don't Stop Believing and like, Oh fuck that song. Did that song come out in the eighties? I'm pretty sure it did. I thought that was a seventies song. I'm pretty sure I it might be wrong though. Uh, I might be wrong. Uh, Either way, fuck that song. You don't like Journey? No, I really don't. I I hate what's the kid's name? Steve Perry? Yeah. I hate his voice. It came out in 1981. It came out in 1981. All right. 
I hate his voice. It's so annoying. And I also hate that that song comes on and everybody's like, everybody fucking sing along. <laughs> like, oh, just shut up. I don't care. I actually uh, prefer... I feel... I think, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel hot take. I kind of feel the same way about Total Eclipse of the Heart. That is a song, in my opinion, that is awesomely bad. Like, it's like so bad, it's kind of endearing. Like, it's like, it's so cheesy. I still love it, though. It's like when, it's like when a kid makes a macaroni picture, and it's really bad, (laughs) but you put it up on the fridge anyway. Uh, I have a list from Pitchfork, but I just wanted to mention a few more. Judas Priest. Oh, 80s Judas Priest. Yeah. Breaking the law, breaking the law. (laughs) Oh, man. 70s Judas Priest is... There, I mean, that's like great heavy metal back in the day. 80s Judas Priest is, uh, I don't know. I, I never got into it when they, you know, started wearing leather everything. Uh, let's see. Who? Um, I'm also a huge Run DMC fan. Like, I, I remember getting into them when I was in high school. And I fucking love Run DMC. And, yeah. like, here's the thing you got to understand about Run DMC, though. And I'd like to think I'm kind of an expert on their 80s career uh it's a it's a three-man group there's the two rappers run and dmc and then there's jam master j r.i.p taken too soon from this world jam master j is phenomenal reverend run is phenomenal dmc terrible like i'm like (laughs) he's such like you know how like when people try and do like stupid raps where they're just like rhyme like cat with hat or some shit like that are like make the most basic ass rhymes possible. And I understand this was the eighties and rap had just kind of started. People didn't know how to rhyme back then. But <laughs> DMC, I mean, I love him. I love run DMC, but DMC is definitely the weak link in that trio. Like it's like, yeah. y'all, you, you kind of, you, you, you're not that good. Run, run is phenomenal. Like run, like Reverend run. He's fucking, he's, He's fucking awesome, but and Jam Master is great. DMC not great. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're really bad. Like you're not good at all. Who else? Don't you want me? Was that uh Human League? Yeah. Don't you want me? That's a that's a great fucking song. Like that's a. Oh, I can't believe I forgot about this one. Yeah. I come from a land down under. Oh, minute work. <laughs> I like I like that, and I like. Who can it be now? That's another great song with a great sexy sax. But yes, I land down. <laughs> you know what I think of that? Family Guy did that. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Like it's we uh, we've neglected to mention Queen. We will rock you. We are the ch- what? Actually, was we will was that seventies? I don't know. I'll look that up. Real we quick. will rock you. That was on. Oh, what album was that on? Was that on a day at the races? Oh, no, sorry. We Will Rock You came out. It came out on News of the World, and it came out in 77. My bad. But Queen and Bowie both did Under Pressure, which is a (laughs) fucking another perfect song. And they also have a great song. I I urge people to check this out. Uh, Radio Gaga by Queen, right? Oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, he they performed it at, I think Live Eight or like one of those like Live Aid one of things in the eighties, right? And it's 
so you have Freddie Mercury, arguably the greatest frontman, singer, whatever, in the like of all time. Like he's arguably the greatest. Like he's fucking incredible. Needless to say, as many people have said before, it's like he's, anyway, 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 anyway. He, he's performing. They're performing Radio Gaga at Live Aid. I think at like uh, Wimbledon Stadium or some shit like that. And there's like a clapping motion in the song, and like it's so incredible watching Freddie Mercury like lead like probably fifty thousand people in this stadium, all like clapping in unison to this song. It's it's phenomenal, dude. That's such a. It's also a great song, and it's fucking fucking queen man let's see what else we got i'm a huge fan I, this is a kind of a sleeper but i i recently discovered it when i started going to these 80s music nights at the bar I go to uh a little respect by eraser that is an incredibly incredibly cheesy song but i love it to death because it's it's so dude i but let's let's have a little sample. I really want more people to be on board with this, so I feel less like a dweeb for liking it. Hold on, let me let me uh come on. Oh no, it won't play when I have my microphone plugged in. You sons of bitches. I guess I guess it all works out. Uh, how do you feel about Hall and Oates? To be honest with you, I haven't really listened to a lot of Hall and Oates. Hmm. So I really I, like uh, their. I have on my eight. I have an eighties playlist on my. On my iTunes. Uh, I have Out of Touch, Private Eyes, and You Make My Dreams. You Make My Dreams. This is a fucking classic-ass song, man. <laughs> oh, man. What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? I know you like a lot of different types of music. How do you how, how do you feel about, like, 80s metal hairband kind of things, like Van Halen <laughs> or something like that? Do, were you, um, do you like some of it? None of it? What do you? How do you feel about it? I, I like some of it. There's, like, I don't like any of like the cheesy stuff yeah like i i generally as as a rule of thumb power ballads suck i think that's the yes i believe that's the norm <laughs> <laughs> but like early early van halen well or 80s van halen i, I do love some 80s van halen too it's like panama yeah great. And some people disagree with me but I fucking love their cover of Dancing in the Street. I think it is my favorite cover. Huh, I, I don't think I've ever heard that theirs. Song. It's real good. I love that song. Is it better uh, than the Bowie? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's another... Look, I like that song. I like their version. But I also think back to Family Guy. So they play, <laughs> So they played... For all those who, are, who didn't see that episode, they, they play that entire music video. I think just to kill time as a filler. But then Peter hits you with a, that happened and we let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I like some Van Halen. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a fan of all of it, but some of it's good. Um, and then like, you know, like you, you got like the Scorpions have some, have a couple of great songs. Uh, you got like Poison. Um, yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff. There's a couple of like, you know, and then some of the heavier stuff in the late eighties, you know, like bands like Tesla and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't like a lot of their stuff, but they've got like, like their hit songs. Yeah. I like a couple of those, you know, how do you feel about the clash? I really go back and forth with I, the clash. I just cause... like breaking the, I like, uh, I fought the law 
and London Calling, probably their two biggest songs. No Love for Rock the Casbah. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my bad. <laughs> yes, of course. That's a... <laughs> That's a great song. Uh, but anyway, you were saying how conflicted oh, you are. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I was saying I go back and forth because sometimes I really can't stand. Who is, is Joe Strummer? Was he the singer of that band? Singer uh, guitarist of that band? Uh, hold that thought. Yes. I, sometimes I just can't stand his voice. I, I understand he's British, but do you think he was like hyper inflating his British singing voice? Like, I, I don't know. Probably. I have no idea. I really oh, like, speaking what? of foreign bands, we didn't talk about Neunundneunzig Luftballons. Oh yeah, that's uh, ninety nine red balloons for any of you people who didn't understand what he just said. But the German <laughs> version is ninety nine Luftballons. It's another great song. Although I heard that was about that song was like based on like nuclear holocaust, and I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of fucked up. Like, hey, whatever works. Yeah, that, that's another big thing in the '80s. I feel like they made like the catchiest dance songs, and they were usually about something awful. Like, <laughs> another good song like that is like "Every Breath You Take" by Sting or the Police. I can't remember if that was by him or the Police. Uh, that's a song about stalk, like a stalker. Like that guy's a stalker, and he's like obsessed with his ex, and he's like obsessed and stalking that person, and like won't let him go, and like very possessive of them, and. <laughs> It's a very, like, light, lovely song. You're like, it's a very, like, people mistake it for a love song. It's like, actually, it's not a love song at all. It's actually the exact opposite of a love song. It's about, like, a creep. <laughs> yeah. One last one, and I'll get to the list. Pitchfork compiled the list of the 100 or 200 greatest best songs of the 80s. But last one, this one's a personal, this one's personal for me, was uh, I love Eddie Murphy. Love him to death. Especially his two stand-up specials in the 80s, Raw and Delirious. He did Party All the Time with Rick James. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I was in a, uh, I was in, uh, like a TV video class in high school, right? Uh-huh. We, uh, we, ba- we learned, like, the basics of, like, uh, uh, video editing and, like, this kind of shit and all that stuff. But each mm-hmm. year, we did a music video, right? Okay, uh-huh. so... Shout out to Vic, Sharla, James, and Dalvin again, uh, especially Dalvin, as I'll explain in a little bit. Uh, so we had to pick a song our senior year, right, at Franklin, and we picked Party All the Time. Don't remember how, uh, but there weren't a lot of us in this class. It was like it, – it was basically like an extracurricular – it was an extracurricular, but it was like a little club, and – like, we would deal with, we'd make these music videos, and we also did the video yearbook. That was the big thing each year. We would do the video yearbook. Um, so we did Party All the Time as our music video. <laughs> we did Party All the Time as our music video in senior year. And it I would pay a significant amount of money to get this video back because I think it was deleted. Uh, I don't know where it is. Uh, my teacher, who was a giant See You Next Tuesday, uh, she, I think she had it. I think she might have deleted it. I think she, I don't think she works with my high school anymore, but, uh, so I was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> my white ass was Eddie Murphy. And, you know, I was lip syncing to it and all that shit. And my buddy Dalvin, uh, was Rick James, right? So anyone who's watched the video, 
by the way, I know all the words to the song by heart, and I'll always know the words of the song because I had to learn them and shit like that. And anyway, so my buddy Dalvin was the was Drake James, and if anyone who's watched the video, there's a part of the video where it's it starts off as Eddie Murphy singing, and Rick James is in the booth, right? He's in the he's, he, no, he's in the recording. Eddie Murphy's in the recording booth, and you know Rick James is behind the the, the, the production table. I don't know what the fuck you guys call it. Anyway, 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 anyway. So eventually, Rick James kind of takes over the video. So so Dalvin. I still haven't forgiven him for this. Dalvin was Rick James in our video, so he does what Rick James does. He eventually takes over. But anyway, so Dalvin was like, I'm going to slap you in the video. I just want to let you know, right? I'm like, oh, okay. I figured, you know, like a fake slap, you know, kind of like something. No. While we were shooting this video, <laughs> like I said, I wish I had it back. Uh, <laughs> he full on slaps the shit out of me and it completely catches me off guard <laughs> and it's so funny because like you can see on my face i wasn't expecting it so i like he slaps me so hard i have to walk off like i, I get knocked off like the off out of camera right <laughs> so it didn't hurt but it was hilarious and I was like, I was trying not to, we were, it was, we, we, we didn't like trying to do multiple takes of the same thing. We kind of just tried to do it one take and done. Right. So yeah. this take, <laughs> so I like, he slaps me and I walk off camera and then I walk back and I'm trying so hard not to laugh. I literally walk back. I stare at him with a, I'm holding back a laugh and I literally walk off screen again to laugh, to bust out laughing. He doesn't break character. And then I eventually come back and we finish the video. But dude, it is so fucking funny. That was hilarious. But he just, he, he was like, and then he told me, I asked him later on, I was like, dude, you kind of hit me kind of hard. He's like, yeah, I, uh, I know I told you I wasn't going to hit you that hard, but I wanted your reaction to be priceless. So I hit you really hard and I lied to you. And I'm like, bruh, but I had to hand it to him. It was hilarious. It was fucking... I wish... Like, I so wish... <laughs> I so wish I could have it back. And for anyone wondering, my junior year, the year before, we did a music video as well. You're never gonna get... <laughs> this is so lame. The song we did for my junior year, uh, this is this was in 2007, so keep that in mind, was Popo's Al by Kevin Federline. <laughs> I was Kevin Fe <laughs> I was Kevin Federline. That was also hilarious because for anyone who is probably not of our age or was unaware, Kevin Federline is most famous for being a backup dancer who married Britney Spears and then they broke up, but he was Britney Spears' baby daddy for a while and he <laughs> attempted a music career and he only did one song called Popo's Al and we decided that's the video we were going to do. And that one also is hilarious. And fuck that song. I, I'm i like, that's such, it's such an awful song. And keep in mind, I had to listen to this song several times. And I had to memorize the words. Unlike Party All The Time, I've completely blocked those out of, I've completely, like, repressed that memory. It's, oh god, it's so bad. 
Anyway, this will we're going on pretty long, and I think we're gonna let, let's talk about this list real quick, and then I don't think we have to do a questionnaire because I think I already did one with you earlier this year, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So according to Pitchfork dot uh, com, uh, I don't know if they're the most trusted name in music, but they're, they're the list that came up. So number twenty, I want to dance with somebody who loves me by Whitney Houston. Okay. Although I I think. I think I prefer How Will I Know by Whitney Houston more than I like I Want to Dance with Somebody. Still a great song, though. Um, let's see. What else? What's next? Eric B. and Rakeem. Uh, Paid in Full. See, that's a that's a rap song. I, I don't think I've listened to this one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I know that one either. Uh, it's like, I, I, I probably have. I might have. I don't know. I Who knows? Uh, number 18. Ooh! 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 Number 18. Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Oh, nice. Oh, that's a that's baby making music right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, sexual healing. Sexual healing. <laughs> uh oh, number seventeen is Madonna, Into the Groove. That's not a bad song. I, I can I I, I I it's tolerable. Uh, it's not awful. You know what I'm saying? Uh Next is Waiting Room for, by Fugazi. I don't think I've ever heard that song. It's Fugazi. It's Fugazi. It's a, it's a woozy. It's a wazzy. It's a fairy dust. Okay. Uh, number 15. Teenage Riot by Sonic Youth. Did you ever listen to Sonic Youth? I don't think I've ever listened to Sonic Youth. Um... I think I have some Sonic Youth, but I think it's one of those things that, like, I have it for posterity. Yeah. 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 I uh see. I, I thought I thought I was pretty boned up on like eighties music, but well, they, you also went to the hipster oh music news source. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, this number fourteen is the Smiths. There's a light that never goes out. Don't think I've ever listened. I don't really listen to the Smiths. Are you a big Smiths fan? Uh, yeah. I never, I never did Smiths or Morrissey or anything like that. Yeah, Morrissey. Uh, I'm alright. <laughs> uh, ooh, alright, number 13 is a classic. This was probably my favorite Michael Jackson song for a while, Billie Jean. Although, 13's kind of low. 13 Billie should be, good, Billie Jean should be closer to number one. Honestly, another hot take here. My favorite Michael Jackson song of all time. Okay. Don't, don't stop. Wait, what? Don't stop. Don't stop till you get enough. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't stop taking it enough. Anyway. Favorite. Uh, <laughs> favorite MJ. Uh, my favorite, honestly, it's one of his, it's a, it's one of his hits, but it's not one of his main, like, historic hits. I think it's Rock My World. I think that came yeah. out late, I think that came out early 2000s or late 90s. But I love that song. I think that's my favorite. Yeah, that's probably my favorite MJ song. But Billy Jean, I think Billy Jean was probably the first Michael Jackson song I really fell in love with. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 man, fuck, that's such a great song. Man. <laughs> another, another great song about something awful, about being like, <laughs> about a woman like trying to, like, <laughs> trying to like accuse him of like, like, this is your baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, number 12, The Cure, Just Like Heaven. Great song, uh-huh. great song. That intro. I, I, You know, I like the song, but I think the intro is the best part of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Robert Smith. He's great, man. The the Cure, man, the Cure is so good. I love. I really like Just Like Heaven, but I like I said earlier, I think I like like Close to Me more or uh-huh. Pictures of You or something like that. You know. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Number eleven, When Doves Cry. I know. That, I thought about that later on, but yeah. I was like, we're done talking about Prince for now. I think that's. Oh, shit, I love Purple Rain though, but I think When Doves Cry. I think that might be man. That's tough. When Doves Cry is such a great fucking song. Uh-huh. God, it is. That's fucking tough. I don't know. You can't go wrong with Purple Rain or When Doves Cry. Those are yeah. Shit, that's that's tough. That's a that's a whole another topic. Like <laughs> anyway. Uh, oh, the Smiths again. Number ten. How soon is now? Skip. Uh oh shit! Great song. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, The Message. You ever listen to this one? I honestly, I've probably heard it, but the name is not ringing any bells. Don't push me, because I'm close oh, to the yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> but great fucking song. A classic as far as hip-hop goes. Uh, sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, number eight, Talking Heads, Once in a Lifetime. Great fucking song. Yeah. Letting the days go by. Oh, man, you a big Talking Heads fan? I like Talking Heads. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan. Yeah. But there's probably, I mean, there's probably at least one song from every album that they have that I'm just like, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Next one, number seven, Joy Division. I don't think I've listened to much Joy Division. I think they did... I believe they did Romeo and Juliet. I think that's the one song of theirs I've listened to. The number seven song is Love Will Tear Us Apart. I think I think I've heard that song. I might have to listen to that afterwards. Because I think I'm I've sure heard that heard song. It. Yeah, probably. Uh, I don't know much about Joy Division. I, I, know, I do know that they didn't last very long. I think the lead singer died or something like that, right? Or something. I know that everybody has that fucking shirt, though. Yeah. What the fuck? Kate Bush. Number six, Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. What? I don't even know what the fuck that is. Nope. <laughs> oh, number five, Public Enemy, Fight the Power. Great nice. fucking song. Great fucking song. Oh, that's such a good song. Flavor Flav. <laughs> All right, number four, New Order, Blue Monday. I think I've heard this one. I think I like this song, if I recall correctly. Huh. I can't remember. <laughs> I do like. I do have a couple New Order songs. I, I think I have. Who do I have for New Order? Uh, buh, 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 buh. I have Bizarre Love Triangle and True Faith by New Order. Uh, I don't okay. think I've listened to Blue Monday. I probably have. I'm just not aware. Oh, wow, I didn't know. D- N.W. Oh, I guess it did come out in 88. Number three, N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton. Okay. I do mm-hmm. love that. Although, on that song particularly, great song. I think I like MC Ren's verse. Oh, okay. Number two, Michael Jackson, Want to Be Starting Something. It's a great fucking song. I think I, you know, I think I like off of Thriller, the album. Gosh, there's so many good songs on there. I think this is just off the cuff, all right? I'm, I, I, if I really thought about it, I probably would come up with a different answer. I don't know. But I think, I think. PYT is my favorite song off of Thriller. I think. Yeah. I think. I don't know. 
Oh, that's tough. Or, oh, human nature? Fuck, damn. That's a, oh, that's tough. That's tough. And number one, of course, is Purple Rain by Prince. Yep. It's a great... There's so much emotion in that. I've never actually watched the movie. I've only listened to the album. Um, his little guitar, this guitar solo, I'm sure you appreciate it because you play guitar. His singing at the end, it's got so much emotion to it, man. You could feel it every single time, man. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel? As a guitar player, you... Is is Prince up there for you or no? Um, so I feel like I feel like Prince is really underrated as a guitarist. Yeah. Uh, for one, um, he's not. I I don't personally I don't count Prince under one of my influences. Right. So I give the man mad props, and he was a great guitarist. But I don't think that he really he doesn't. There's other guitarists that have influenced me a lot, and he's just not one of them for me. Yeah. Oh, Tainted Love. I'm looking at some other. I'm looking at another list. That's another Tainted great Love. song. Yeah. Let's see. Um, taking me, call me, call me by Blondie. Great song. Great fucking song. I have the tiger. Oh, Jesse's girl. Jesse girl. Oh, Jesse's girl. We forgot about all of those fucking songs. Dude, there's so and, many. Uh, there's so fucking. My Sharona. I think that was the 70s, actually, now that I think about that. I think that was late 70s. Oh, Hungry Like the Wolf, Duran Duran. Of course. Fuck. Push It by Salt and Pepper. (laughs) Oh, You Spin Me Right Round. Nice. Great fucking song. Africa. Oh, Africa by Toto. (laughs) (laughs) I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. Karma Chameleon. By Culture Club. Another One Bites the Dust by Queen. Great, another, another uh-huh. great song. Oh, Endless endless Love by Lionel Richie. Uh-huh. That makes me think of uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> uh, wrapping up, let's see what else I got. I Need You Tonight by NXS. Great song. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. I want to know what love is. <laughs> want you to show me sorry for anyone who wanted to listen to this pod and not hear me sing but fuck that i'm singing songs i like oh last here's a good one to go out on pour some sugar on me by Def Lep. oh man <sighs> no not for me what i'm not a Def Leppard fan i love photograph and i love hysteria as well um but yeah pour some sugar on me is a classic dude are you crazy? Are you trolling right now? I'm not a Def Leppard fan. That's the, a great fucking the cool, song. The coolest thing about Def Leppard is their drummer has one arm. That is awesome. That's, that's the only thing they've got going for them, though. All right. I feel like we could probably talk another hour on this. Uh, this should be going out Wednesday. Thank you for doing this, man. On the fly. Oh, yeah. Um, no problem. I guess I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. All right, man. I love you. I'll talk to you later, bro. All right. Bye. Bye.